Apple and Epic Games Legal Battle comes to an end. We break down who won, who lost, and what this means for the app industry. I'm Oscar Gonzalez filling in for Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining us is CNET Editor-at-Large Ian Sher. Welcome, Ian. I'm doing good. Well, let's talk about this. So for those who haven't kept up on this story, Ian, what started this legal battle between Apple and Epic Games? Yeah, so Epic Games is a very interesting company. We should start there because its CEO, Tim Sweeney, uh, who is a billionaire, uh, really likes to cause trouble. And what what he's done over the last few years is especially since his game Fortnite, right, which has become an enormous success. It's one of the most popular video games in the world. Um, With all the money he's made from it, he's decided to take Epic and turn it from this company that mostly made video game tools, right, to help you make really beautiful-looking video games, into a force within the industry. So he created the Epic Game Store, which competes against some of the other online storms out there, like Valve's Steam. And he started getting a lot of exclusives and paying to get other developers to come in and give him uh, games to offer only on his platform. This really upset the industry. It really caused a lot of YouTube drama and all that, right? A lot of people were like, well, wait a minute, he's cheating. He's he's creating this environment where he's paying for exclusives. And he said, look, this is how you how you get people to look at your business, right? And people to come over to your side and try you out. And then he decided he was going to start taking on Apple and Google. So what he did is he said, you know, he sent a couple of emails to Tim Cook. Um, We assume that he also sent them to Google, where he said, hey, I would like to be able to run my game, Fortnite, differently in your app store than any other app. I want to be able to run my own app store, which Apple doesn't allow. And I want to be able to take payments from people to pay for like new looks in the game or whatever else. Um, I want to be able to take them using my own payment processors, whereas Apple and Google require, as part of being part of their app stores, that you use their payment processors, which, of course, they take up to a 30% commission. So Apple said, uh, very kindly, go away. And Tim Sweeney decided, okay, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. And he had his teams put out this new software update to the Fortnite game, which basically caused all this drama among Apple and and Fortnite. Um, Apple kicked Fortnite off of its app store. Google did the same. Uh, Epic sued. And here we are. And it feels like, in a lot of ways, this is two companies just battling over who makes how much money when you and I actually spend it. Uh, So it doesn't really mean anything to us. But to Epic and Tim Sweeney, um, it's about freedom to do what you want within the app stores, right? And getting away from Apple and Google's control of the industry. Uh, so it's been a very interesting case to watch because of that. And so, so it started out with Fortnite and the in-game currency. Epic is looking to, well, like you said, do a lot more, a lot more what they want to. I mean, in the end, just make more money, or are they trying to <laughs> are, are they trying well, to be more noble about their reasoning? Well, I mean, they say they're more noble, right? You, it's up to you whether you think it is. Um, you know, for Epic itself, this is a you know this is about more money. But they argue that by doing this, right, by forcing Apple to relinquish some of its control over the App Store, that they would allow more innovation. Because developers, in theory, could get more money back when people spend in their apps. 
instead of giving up to a 30% commission to Google or Apple. And also, it would allow for more freedom of choice, right? More freedom for people to choose different systems, right? If they wanted to switch from Apple to Google or vice versa. And also, it would encourage more innovation among developers who either have more money to spend on development or even just feel more free to come up with whatever they can think of. And so, look, I'm sure there's a little bit of, of truth to all of that. But Apple and Google's arguments are that by forcing this payment system, they were able to collect commissions and pay for software development, which they say, you know, the new versions of iOS and Android don't come for free. They have many, many people who work on them and they have to pay them somehow. And also that Apple and Google say that this is a safety issue, that, you know, if they allowed anyone to do payment processing however they want, there could be uh, bunches and bunches of fraud on the app stores. So, you know, there, there's kind of a legitimate argument you could make in any direction around this, which is part of what's made it so fascinating. You know, antitrust experts say that this is probably one of the most important uh, uh, lawsuits they've seen since the government went after Google, or sorry, went after Microsoft back in the early 2000s. Like, this is a big deal in terms of trying to figure out what is the future of how we handle technology and the power that companies have over it. And literally days before a decision was made on this court case, uh, something happened in South Korea that really ties into exactly what this lawsuit is about, right? Yeah, and it, this is also kind of what's interesting is that all of this is happening at a time when the tech industry is kind of under siege from you know regulators and politicians and and lawmakers and all over the place who really want to take a pound of flesh from these tech companies who are perceived to have abused a lot of their power over the last you know 30 some odd years and only now have we all woken up to that and so south korea wrote a law that essentially oddly enough was actually uh focused on google that would require that app stores be forced to follow all of the rules Epic wants, right? Allow different payment processing, allow different app stores, all sorts of stuff. And it was a really an anti-Google law. Now, you would think, why South Korea? Hmm. Well, there is a little company that is based in South Korea. You may have heard of them. They're called Samsung, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. And <laughs> they are they are they are the people who would stand to benefit the most because obviously they have their own app store and it is not as popular as Google's app store. You can see where this is all going. So uh, Sam so the, the uh, South Korean politicians passed this law that requires all of these changes to the app store. And of course, everyone suddenly looks in Apple's direction. It's like, oh, uh, <laughs> you're in trouble. And it hasn't gone into effect yet. But it's very clear that even if Korea's law changes somehow or, you know, Apple's able to appeal it and strike it down, whatever, I don't know. Um, the reality is that we're in a situation now where companies uh, are facing pressure from all around the world. And it's not just Korea. It's, it's the United States. It's the European Union. It's China. Like all over the place, they are putting pressure on tech companies to change. So I think in a lot of ways, this, this speaks to what Apple is facing in the future. Okay, so enough of the build up. Friday, the judge made a ruling on the case. What was it? Because it doesn't seem like it was a clear cut decision. No. <clears throat> and that's the other thing. This is not easy uh, arguments, right? And actually, I think what's interesting is that 
um, I got the sense that the settlement talks between Apple and Epic really didn't go very far because they were on such different ends of this, right? It wasn't like, I'll pay you this much to go away I'll, I'll, or you owe me that much to end this lot. Like it's really philosophical debate, right? And those are hard to kind of step away from. So uh, the judge decided that for the most part, Apple Apple's arguments won the day. She said current antitrust law, and that's key, uh, protects Apple's behavior here and that it didn't really violate any of the current antitrust laws. Now, she argued also that there could be an argument to be made about antitrust uh, if it was looked at different ways. But generally speaking, she, she sided with Apple except for one thing, which was that she had gotten really interested in this one issue during the case that actually neither side really brought up much, which is called anti-steering. And the idea is that within an app, you cannot currently tell a user that, hey, if you want to sign up for, we'll say, Ianflix, right? It's a really good service. You ever want to try it out? And, um, you know, let's say you want to sign up for it. You open up the Ianflix app, and all it has is a login. It doesn't have any other information. That's the rules that Apple has currently. However, in the future, now by her ruling, I could have a little button that says, hey, register for our service and pay us on our website, and you'll have a subscription. Instead of me having to give Apple 30% uh, or 15% uh, subscription revenue uh, from an uh, in-app purchase. So she basically broke down some of Apple's rules, right? And said, basically, if I'm a developer, I can tell users about other places to pay, maybe a discount I'll offer them if they go to my website versus paying through Apple and all of that. But um, in a lot of ways, that was a, a minor victory for Epic. And Epic was even very publicly disappointed, and they've already decided to appeal. Okay, that decision, like you said, it, it's, uh, it seems like it was kind of a win, kind of a, kind of a big loss for Epic Games. But what does this mean for Epic Games? And, and also, I mean, for app developers, is this going to be a what really gets them going to where more money starts flowing into their pockets like Epic said it would? Or is this just going to be business as usual, nothing's going to change? In a lot of ways, this is a break in the armor for Apple a little bit, right? Like this is the beginning of forced change. And in a lot of ways, even if Apple successfully reverses this, it's, it's a big deal that a judge decided to do this. And especially someone like um, Yvonne, Yvonne Gonzalez-Rogers, the U.S. District Judge who presided over this. This was not a jury trial. She was the one who ruled on it. She wrote uh, 160 some odd pages. Like She really made it clear exactly her thinking and really took Apple to task throughout the whole thing, even though she largely exonerated them. And so I think that um, for Apple, this is a meaningful moment because it's going to force change in the future. Right now, it doesn't really change much of anything, right? Developers may make a little bit more money if they want to point people to their websites. The The biggest winner in this probably would be Epic because they already have a payment system they built for Fortnite. So now they can have a little button or link and say, hey, go over here, pay 20% less. And that's about it. Otherwise, you know, not much changes right now. And the fate of uh, Fortnite is still up in the air, right? Yeah, the, the future of Fortnite on the App Store is also a really fascinating thing because Apple has now essentially made it clear 
that they, you know, one of the things um, Judge Rogers said was that uh, they that she agreed with Apple that Epic had violated its contracts, right? Because, you know, when you become a developer with Apple, you pay them 99 bucks, you sign this contract that most of us just press OK when they write, just like the iTunes uh, legalese. And uh, in that contract, you know, it violated all those rules that it was supposed to follow when it changed the payment processing without talking to Apple first. So Apple says, look, we're happy to take Epic back into the game store and allow Fortnite back, but they have to follow our rules. And they've suggested that there's actually more problems than just the payment processing that we're aware of. I don't know the details about it. They haven't been very clear about it, but I have a feeling there's more jostling happening behind the scenes than we know about. All right, this looks like it's not over yet for Apple and Epic. Thank you, Ian, for your time. And you can check his coverage on Apple at CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charger. Sign up for direct text messages from Roger by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Oscar Gonzalez. Thanks for listening.